0: Cross the Netflix stream. I'm Ward. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Cross the Netflix stream. Contact us. Let us know what you think, what you've seen, and what we should see. Go to our website to find all of our older episodes, written reviews, and Netflix news. Crossthenetflixstream.com. It's back. I'm back. I can't believe it. So if you've been following along, this podcast ended, I don't know, a little over a year ago, and... Yeah, I just, I was trying to create a site devoted to Netflix, got tired of it, it's a lot of work, and there's just no way to capture it all, and I just, I didn't want really to spend my life doing that. What I really did like about the site, I mean, I still have the website, I still post my movie and TV reviews, because I like watching that stuff, and I'm going to post a review back, because it helps me when I'm like, oh, have I seen that? What did I think about that? Great, I've got it. So it helps me. That's wonderful. I really liked the kind of weekly watch segment, just talking about what I watched. And when that podcast ended, I found another podcast opportunity, being a guest host, and I was able to convince that person to uh, have a weekly watch. That was boxofficerefund.com. That podcast is still going, but the weekly watch has been cut, and I want to continue. it. I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. It's going to continue here. I'm bringing Netflix Stream podcast back. Uh, You know, this Netflix Stream used to be devoted for... Your Netflix stuff, I mean, I still keep a great list of what's upcoming on Netflix and all the originals. Like, I mean, you're just not going to find a better list anywhere, but uh, I don't review everything on Netflix anymore, and I can't. I mean, they review at least so much more stuff now. Uh, So yeah, anyway, the weekly watch, is just going to be what I watched. Maybe some Netflix stuff on there, maybe not. Uh, And that's all the editorial I'm going to do. I just want to give you a quick introduction because this podcast has been off the air for over a year, and now it's back. So what did I watch this week? The Boys Season 1, Amazon Original, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which is the Netflix show, Long Shot, Another Life, another Netflix original, and Are We There Yet? So The Boys, this is cool. It's a world where superheroes are commonplace, they're syndicated, they're monetized, and they are marketed by a company called Volt, Vote International. I don't know if there's multiple companies, um, I would assume there are. We're just looking at this one company and the, the seven, you know, this team of superheroes that are awesome. But the thing is, with these superheroes, privilege and power have completely corrupted them. They abuse their power. And in the show, you've got this group of normal human, normal humans who want to counter the superheroes and to beat them, to kill them. So, I mean, the premise alone hooked me. It seemed a little bit like the Watchmen kind of this dark deconstruction of superheroes. And it is that to a degree, but it is, you know, it's its own thing. I just thought the premise was great. And the series it does a great job with pacing the episodes. A lot of times, you know, you get these shows and you just feel like, oh man, that's a filler episode. I did not feel that in this show. Like every episode is like, oh man, that's crazy. That's a neat uh you know, set piece. That's a cool fact. It really it felt like there's a point to every episode. And that's great because man, so many shows don't feel that way. And just these two they have this celebrity, they have this influence, and it puts them above everyone else in ability and perspective. And you know, this is a world where all that went to their heads. They're above the law. They know that. They can do where they want. They can be over the top. They can be crude. And the show is crude. The show is over the top. And that definitely feeds the narrative of what this is. You know, hero worship is misplaced. Now, I would say that season one kind of wraps everything up nicely, but it does leave some lingering questions for season two that aren't fully resolved. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to spoil you. This is based on a comic. And the show's already been renewed for a second season. So if you watch season one, you're going to think, oh, man, they're not going to get another season. Well, they already got a second one going. I like this premise. It just feels more accurate that superheroes are above the law and power goes to their heads. I mean, you like, look in the world. You see these big corporations where the power goes to their heads and they feel like they're above the law because they are and they get to do what they want. And that's this show. These superheroes can be corrupt. And yet the power they have it, like, gives them you know, the opportunity to do that. And this show calls the superheroes "soups." I think you know, everybody thinks they're great, but not even in the stories you hear about these but about their daring feats, it's just PR crap. And so this season, it follows two stories. You've got uh, Huey, who, one of the superheroes, kills his girlfriend. That's not really a spoiler. It happens two seconds in. And then you've got this new superhero, Star Bright. Oh, no, Starlight, who she's a new recruit to The Seven, who's this ultra-exclusive team. And, you know, she's bright-eyed. She's kind of like this starry-eyed thing, like, "Oh, man, these superheroes are so great; they're so wonderful." And she realizes, "Oh no, it's all this front; it's a facade. They're just looking to, you know, get a bigger influence, get more money. It's all, it's all corrupt, man. There's nothing to it." The you know, the show can be frequently pretty funny. when I mean, these the Seven superheroes are star bright and you recruit. You've got A Train, you've got the Deep, who's basically the punching bag for the other superheroes. When he can talk to fish, they never miss an opportunity to rag on him. And I have to imagine that's a jab at Aquaman because, yeah, the similarity is obvious. You've got Queen May, who's a little bit like Wonder Woman. You've got Homelander, who's their leader, who seems a little bit like Captain America. And I guess A-Train's like the Flash. then you've got Black Noir, who, I don't know, is a little bit like Black Panther, and he never says anything. I wonder if that's a jab. I mean, I assume all this stuff is a jab because that's what this show does. That's what the comic was doing. I assume. I've never read the comic, but it seems that way with who these superheroes are. Then you've got Carl Urban playing Billy but- Butcher, who wants to take these guys down. I just I had a lot of fun with this show. Really enjoyed it. I mean, I at this point, I don't have a lot of time to watch shows. This one, binge right through it. It is frequently at the top. Though. I mean, there's some gory stuff. There's some just ridiculousness. I really thought, we though, we'd get some kind of black noir joke, just with him breaking his silence to do something, because he never speaks. He's not even on screen much. I just thought there'd be, like, some big reveal to that, especially with the tone of this show. But I like the show. A lot of fun. Comedians and cars getting coffee. So I don't know. Netflix calls these seasons something weird. I mean, this is in essence season two. The show existed on what, Crackle or some other streaming website? Netflix got it. They put out a season last year and they called it Freshly Rude or something. They put out a season this year. I don't know what they're calling it. This is just a fun, easy show. It's very simple. You've got Jerry Seinfeld. He picks a cool car to pick up another comedian. They have a conversation over co- coffee. It's recorded. That's your show. I mean, it doesn't get any simpler than that. And that's all you need. I like the cars. I mean, you know, Jerry will go into a little bit of detail about the cars. You know, I still just mention of the cars. It's kind of neat. I mean, it's kind of fluff. The conversations are frequently really neat because they they feel genu- genuine. I don't know if they are or not. But sometimes the comedians will even go behind the scenes of their craft, how they craft a joke, You know, what they find funny. And it's really neat to dig into their brains and see how they think. I mean, you don't really delve into Jerry. He's more kind of a facilitator between us and the comedian. But it's really cool when you get those really genuine moments. Think, Oh, wow, that's how that comedian thinks. That's really neat. That's pretty much all there is to this show. It's simple concept. Completely works. Long shot. So, this isn't like a movie. I was like, oh, man, I got to see this. What it is, I have Redbox. I used to be subscribed to Netflix DVD. I mean... Whole thing there, but basically, Netflix DVD is shutting down their distribution centers. So I used to get a movie like I'd send a movie back, I get another movie in two days. We got to the point where I was averaging nine days in between. Like I send it back, take nine days, to get the next one back. And in essence, you know you're cutting the movies I'm seeing by half. I'm paying, I was paying eight bucks a month for eight movies a month, and now I'm paying eight bucks a month for four movies. The value just decreased, and uh. Who knows if it'd get worse. They keep cutting, shutting down distribution centers. They keep getting worse. So I got Redbox instead. Don't watch as many movies, which is actually probably beneficial to me. But I decided to watch, or get a Redbox movie. Hadn't done it in a while. I just, you know, this is like, well, I guess this movie's passable. So take that for what you will. I don't know. I mean, it, it, this frequently felt like a... Well, let me get into this movie in case you don't know about it. You've got journalist, Fred Flarsky, played by Seth Rogen, he reunites with his childhood crush, Charlotte Field, played by Charlize Theron, and Field is on her, she's secretary of state, on her way to be president, she hires Fred as a speechwriter. they have a romantic connection, but of course, you know, it's, like, the optics aren't right, to make a presidency run, a presidency bid, Fred Slarsky's not the guy she needs to be with, and that's the crux of this movie, it, it basically, it's a romantic comedy. And a lot of times it feels like... Well, I'd say it feels like an above-average romantic comedy. You've got these two opposites who attract, but it's set against this political run that has potential to have an opinion, which I like. You know, it's not just this boring romantic comedy. There can be something about this. But the potential outweighs the results. Like, what I thought we could get out of this, we just don't get it. I think part of that is there's just too much Seth Rogen, goofy, outlandish comedy. Um, Towards the end, I did think this movie kind of completely lost the point, lost the thread. But it, thought, I thought the end brought it back a little bit, where I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's not terrible garbage. So man, like, it's all right. It's an okay movie. Should you see it? I don't. It just depends. I mean, do you like Rogan? Well, yeah, maybe check it out. Do you like Charlize Theron? Uh, maybe check it out. You know, do you want a really good movie? Ah, uh, man, this isn't quite it. This does have its moments where it seems smart, but that's frequently followed by a crude joke that just kind of feels like Seth Rogen. I mean, he's in this. So I guess that is what it is. I don't know. I mean, this movie, it feels like it wants to touch some political issues. But, you know, like the first one, the first thing that turned me off, Fred is infiltrating a white supremacist group, which just seems a bit too easy. He jumps out a second story window, bounces off a car, hits the floor, the ground, the sidewalk, gets up and walks away. He'd be dead after that. It just there's a couple moments where he sustains injuries that should be very debilitating, he just gets up, brushes himself off. It's, just, it's frequently divorced from reality and a movie that I feel like should be tied a little bit closer to reality. Now, the writing isn't bad, especially for what I would consider a Seth Rogen comedy. It's a solid rom-com. And I thought the subject matter added a little bit of weight. You know, Charlotte being a woman in a male-dominated world of politics. And this movie, it explicitly notes the bias. You've, we have these frequent cutaways to these TV news anchors and they're just completely over the top in reducing Charlotte to a sex object. And... Yeah, it's just kind of like this throw-in, almost throwaway joke that's just running long, parallel to the movie. I'm like, okay, you know, that's there's no nuance to it. I wish there's some nuance to it, but I get it. And I guess maybe that's the problem with this movie that it's just over the top in a way that borders parody so often. In a movie that could be grounded, should be grounded. This had the chance to have an opinion, to tackle some issues about running for political office, about being a woman running for political office. Uh, you know, about saying whatever is required to win without believing it, making these, you know, backroom deals, back alley deals with unsavory characters to get ahead. And the movie just doesn't take that very far. It's like, oh yeah, this happens, and we're going to mention it, and then we're going to leave it alone. You know, I mean, Fred's a big liability for Charlotte and her campaign. The movie never really digs into that too deep, you know, makes some jokes, that's it. And so it comes down to, well, we should chase happiness instead of chasing, you know, perspective of the public, you know? Because at one point, uh, Charlotte decides, well, you know, I've just got to see to society. I got to make my bid. I got to do what looks right. And then you get this kind of fallout between them. Uh, so it's all right. Uh, again, like at this point where she's like, oh man, we can't be together. I thought the movie just, I was like, oh gosh, this movie is just falling prey to tropes. I don't like it. But I, I thought there's some funny parts towards the end that these funny parts kind of lift the movie back up. But I don't know if it makes the movie better exactly. And which one of the parts towards the end that I really, maybe my favorite part is Fred has a best friend and Fred just incorrectly assumed his best friend Lance's political ideology. And so when he finds out, you know, what his ideology really is, it's a really funny moment and the movie makes him a big joke about it. But there's something deeper that the movie does not explore. And it's a very interesting observation because Fred's like, oh man, I bought into your crap and it helped me, and he hates that. And there's something deeper there. And I just, I wish the movie could have gotten in my head a little bit more like that. And because you know, at the same time, the stuff his friend spouted helped him or said—not spouted as a little negative connotation, but at the same time, those they so they, those same benign comments they can be weaponized and they can be normalized in a way that's not fruitful. And so the deepest part of the movie is this completely unexplored throwaway joke and that's kind of what this movie is so i don't know i don't know if you should watch it that depends on you another life season one you've got astronaut Nico breckenridge played by katie sackoff who leads a crew on a mission to explore the genesis of an alien artifact her crew faces danger blah 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 <laughs> so i mean i watch this because of katie sackoff she was in Battlestar galactica Great show. first season is the best season. That sure got a little while, but I'm not gonna get into that right now. And even even though this first season's the best, the rest of the season they're still pretty good. It's just the end, the whole Jimi Hendrix song thing. Like, I don't know. That's a bit it's a bit out there. So the most fun I had with this show is that I'm trying to guess all the series and all the movie references are in this. This takes tropes and ideas from other sci-fi properties like whole hog. Uh I mean, that's not bad to copy sci-fi stuff, but that's pretty much all the show is going for. It's just, okay, in this episode, which movie or TV show are we going to copy and just lift large thrusts from? The science is completely dubious. The characters are flat. There just isn't a unique draw. I mean, I watched the entire series because I watch even bad sci-fi, but this is bad sci-fi. You should skip this. It is not good. This starts out like a rival, You've got aliens landing on Earth. We can't communicate with them, and the show puts together a crew of socially inept astronauts that don't get along. That shouldn't be put together in a small tin can. Uh, why would you do that? And it's manufactured drama. Great, uh, but you know what happens in the show? The science is just not even real. Like nothing about this is realistic. These characters should care m- about the mission. They don't. It's just, there's a lot of stupid in this show. The plot resorts to romantic relationships instead of actual development. It's, it's not good. I mean, I saw scenes or lifters from 2001, Aliens, Interstellar, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and more. I'm sure I missed a lot. And some of these references are very, very apparent. Like the Aliens reference, you cannot be more on the nose. I mean, I feel like we need like a little like, uh, Aliens text to pop up in the bottom of the screen to let us know what we're referencing. I did not notice any Battlestar Galactica. That may just be me. Who knows? I I don't know. The crew runs into disaster every episode. That's kind of thing. Like, oh, what's happening in this episode? Another disaster. They're scientists on Earth. They're studying the the alien craft that landed. The whole plot line just seems like filler. And then, you you know, we get to the last couple episodes where it's like, oh, we'll have something meaningful. meaningful." But I don't care. There's nothing I cared about in this show. I don't think there's anything you're going to care about in this show. Are we there yet? I don't want to go too deep into this movie. I did review it in length on boxofficerefund.com in that podcast. You've got Ice Cube. He wants to impress a divorced woman with two kids. He hates kids. He's driving them across the country. That is this movie in a nutshell. And it really—it's like a time capsule when it was cool to dress like a billboard for a sports team, where you had you know a SU big SUV with wheels and spinners. Uh, it's a little bit like Home Alone with these sociopathic kids, uh, and in the, I mean, in this movie—these kids are psychopaths. They torment adults. They assault adults. The movie is one note with the jokes, and that the same note is over and over and over again. Not a good movie. Didn't enjoy it. I mean, again, the joke is like kids beating up adults. Alright, I mean, that can be kind of amusing, but that's all this movie has. My favorite parts were the like the aughts tropes, you know, the way Q dresses. I like how he dresses, man. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't, wouldn't personally dress like a billboard for a sports team, but I appreciate it. I'm willing to bet this might be Q's own wardrobe in this. I mean, he even get montage, I think, just to show off his wardrobe, and that's cool. So yeah, I mean, you pretty much. You hear the premise for this movie, you know exactly what's gonna happen. You can probably guess it beat for beat. I had no fun with this movie. And that is what I watched this week, and guess what? Tune in next week, because I'm gonna watch more, I'm gonna talk about it. And that's gonna be fun for everybody. Podcast is back, bring it! Go to our website, netflixstream.com This is your portal to find us on social media, our written reviews, news, you can email me directly, Ward at cross the Netflixstream.com. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Rate this, review it. I would appreciate it. I watch movies on Netflix, so you don't have to.